Electricast. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices. For the win! Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Hello, and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show, featuring Jason Zook. In uncertain times, we must change our focus and priorities. This show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity, love, and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet. We support the Black Lives Matter movement. Our show aspires to promote social spirituality, which simply means that by coming together, we can solve any of our problems, including the goal of bringing an end to all forms of hate, discrimination, bias, or oppression. We must protect our environment, reform our criminal justice system, and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's a great pleasure I have the opportunity of presenting special guest Liam Naden to the show today. Liam is a speaker, teacher, writer, and researcher who helps you understand the process of creating true success in your life by relating how to use your brain the right way, overcoming your problems, achieving your goals, and ending frustrations. Liam is also an experienced marriage and relationships coach, host of the Growing in Love for Life podcast, author of more than 20 books, and creator of four relationships coaching programs. It's a great pleasure I welcome Liam to the show. Welcome to the show, Liam. Thank you, Jason. It's a great pleasure to be here. I'm really excited to be talking with you. Thank you. Thank you. I really enjoy people who go through certain life experiences and understand that there's a process that you have to go through in order to balance things out in your life. And I wanted to ask you, how did you start your journey and what caused you to be on the path that you're on right now? I guess the, the whole of my life feels like I've been on the same path and the same journey. And it's funny, when you look back on your life with a certain perspective, that, you, that everything is actually perfect and that everything is, even though they seem unrelated at the time, 
in hind or when you're going through things in hindsight you see the perfection of everything that's happened to you so really what i'm doing now i guess is probably what you're asking what's led me to do what i'm doing now and my understanding of how things work and really how i can help not only myself but other people to understand a bit more about how to be in control of your life and achieve the things you really want to achieve that probably started way back in my childhood because i've always been that sort of person who wanted to be better wanted to have more wanted to figure stuff out be a success in other words and right from my childhood i was brought up a christian so religion was really the avenue i explored to start with to see to try and find the answers how do you get what you want to be happy and successful and i went down that track and i and so say i was religious and i really prayed a lot to god and went to church when i was a child and what i noticed was though that i didn't get what i wanted i didn't get what i prayed for certainly not all the time not even most of the time and i couldn't really say prayer was the answer at least for me and then i looked around all the other people in my life my parents my teachers and although they were saying to me if you want to be happy in life ask for what you want pray to god and god will give it to you but they didn't seem a lot happier either they didn't seem a lot more successful they had problems and stress so i thought maybe this isn't the answer so the next thing i tried was somebody said to me if you want to be happy and successful you need an education because when you have an education and you're knowledgeable you can become an expert in your field and you can earn a lot of money and you'll be and that means you'll have a happy successful life so i went to university for 7 years i studied music actually classical music although i really enjoyed it and i did well at it what i noticed was the education wasn't really helping me be happier and more successful because i looked at my professors and the other people who were certainly knew a lot but they didn't seem to have any fewer problems they didn't seem to be any more successful either so i thought maybe this isn't the answer and then an uncle said to me what you need to do is you need to set up your own business go into business for yourself earn lots of money that'll make you successful that'll make you happy so that's what i did and i actually went into the wine business <laughs> i set up my own wine retail and importing company i did very well at it and i really enjoyed it and i was certainly making plenty of money and, and doing things lifestyle wise that i that were really nice things to do but i did have lots of problems and stress and it's almost seemed like the more successful i was the more stress and problems that i had and it was like that roller coaster entrepreneurs are on where you set a goal you achieve it or you don't achieve it but you keep moving ahead but all of the time or a lot of the time you're trying to fight fires and get rid of problems in your life and you wonder why more keep showing up so i thought maybe this is part of the territory but soon after i started in business i really got very involved in the whole self help personal development that whole area of self improvement and i thought ah this is brilliant this has got all this is promising all of the answers it says you set goals you change your thoughts you change your beliefs you you're motivated you take lots of action and you you apply all of these techniques to change the way you think and i did things like affirmations i used to carry around a little card and read it every day about how rich i was and i used to listen to these sort of auto hypnosis type brain wave things for literally hours and i 
did this for years, and I went to seminars all over the world. I went to Florida and did a few. Did a fire walk in Florida, actually. Did wow. a few firewalks. <laughs> yeah. And so I went to seminars all around the world. I, I bought courses. I read books. And I did all this stuff. And I didn't just read a book and say, that's interesting. I really worked at applying what the person in the book or the seminar said. And although I can think maybe that made a bit of a difference, I still had lots of stress and problems in my life. And if I looked at the other people in the seminars, and some of them I saw more than once because they came to the same seminars, I thought, if I'm really honest here, is this working for us? Are we any different to the masses of people out there? Have we got any fewer problems? Are we feeling in war in control of our life? And I certainly wasn't, and I didn't think many of the other people did either. So I started to get a little bit disillusioned and think, I don't know about this. This isn't really working for me. So then I went into spirituality, and I did lots of different spiritual practices because heard of the law of attraction. I'm sure your listeners are very familiar with that. And I read all sorts of books, and I went on courses, and I learned to meditate, which I still meditate. Brilliant. Still do it every day. But again, I was thinking, this isn't quite the answer because I've still got lots of problems. I've still got lots of stress. And I was beginning to think maybe what everybody says is true. Maybe life is supposed to be difficult. Maybe problems are inevitable. Maybe being successful means you, you have to deal with problems. You have to have stress. And that you become better by overcoming your challenges and breaking through. I started to think maybe that was true. And maybe I just had to accept that's how life was. And this idea I had of being in control and being happy and feeling really great, maybe that's just, that was unrealistic. But then something really interesting happened because here I was, the master of success, really. I knew all the stuff. I read the books, not all of them, but a lot of them. I've done the courses with all the big names. And I thought, and I was doing pretty well financially. I was doing very well financially. I had a, a few businesses going and I had properties and things were going on the outside pretty well, even though I wasn't really that happy and I was pretty stressed. But then something really interesting happened to me in my mid-40s, and that was I lost everything. And I literally woke up homeless. and I had nothing but the clothes on my back. And I had to move back in to live with my elderly mother who lived in a small apartment and I had to sleep on the sofa in her living room. She even paid for my food. I just had absolutely nothing. And I was dealing with all these people ringing me up, wanting money from me that I owed them that I didn't have, and all of this stress and all this stuff. And I remember thinking, probably from my mother's sofa, <laughs> did a lot of thinking from there. I thought, why has this happened to me? This shouldn't have happened to me. I know how to set and achieve goals. I've been to all the goal-setting seminars. I've read the books. I know about thinking the right way, attracting to you the right circumstances and getting what you want by applying all these things. But here I am, This has, what's happened? This hasn't worked. How could this have happened to me when, how, how could this have happened? So anyway, it was a bit of a stressful time, but obviously I worked through it and unraveled a lot of the mess that I'd created for myself that I was living through. And what I noticed after a while, things got better, and then things started to get a lot better fairly quickly. And I attracted to me a, a relationship with somebody who was a completely different sort of relationship to one I'd ever had. It was actually not stressful. <laughs> it wasn't problematic. And it, I didn't have to live with this idea, you've got to work on a relationship. This one was a really easy flowing, great relationship. And it's one I still have today, actually. 
And then I noticed other things were happening to me as well. Business opportunities were showing up. Ideas were coming to me on what I could do because when I ended up with nothing, I had no clue what to do. That was one of probably the worst thing. I thought, how am I going to get out of this mess? But as things got better, I found that I was getting new ideas and interesting people and opportunities were coming along. And I was able to start doing the things to earn an income, a good income, doing things that I really enjoyed, things that I loved to do. And that was providing me with a life of doing things that I love to do as well. And one of the best parts about it, or probably the best part about it, is as I was starting to enjoy doing really exciting business things and having a great relationship and doing interesting things like travel that I'd always, to places that I always wanted to go to. And I, without any financial stress, I thought the most interesting thing here, I don't have any problems or stress. I really don't. I have the odd to deal with stuff, but I don't feel stressed, really. And people say, that's a load of rubbish. You're just making it up. Perhaps you were smoking stuff. <laughs> but no, but honestly, my life was just so completely different to what it had been. It was a lot happier, a lot more successful. I actually felt that I was on track, that I was in the flow, in the zone, those expressions go, that I really was going in the right direction. And things were just so fulfilling what I was doing. I'd wake up in the morning instead of dreading, oh, all these having only slept half the night of trying to figure out all these problems I had to deal with, whether it was staff or something in the business or personal or whatever. I didn't have any of that. I actually woke up excited, looking forward to the day and enjoying it. So I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. So what I thought yeah. was, and then I thought, I have to figure out what I'm doing differently because I didn't know what I was doing differently, but I thought I need to figure this out because I, I don't want to stop doing it. <laughs> it's working. The last thing I want to do is mess it up again. So that's what led me to really on a bit of a detective hunt, if you like, and using all of the knowledge that I'd already gained about what didn't work. It took me on this sort of detective journey. And where I ended up was the brain. And this was, and when it all started to gel with the research I was doing and the knowledge I already had and the knowledge I was developing, I was like, wow this is fascinating. This is amazing. And this accounts and explains not only why my life is working, but why it wasn't working in the past. And also, when I look at other people, why their life isn't working as well. And at the same time, one of the things I was doing, which is you mentioned in your introduction, I still do is marriage and relationship coaching. And it's still a big part of what I do. And I help people deal with some really crisis situations in their marriage. That's my specialty, if you like, is my programs are, thing, are things like how to save your marriage from divorce. And people would come to me, and they, are, we're, and they are, in this very desperate situation where their husband or wife has said they wanted to end their marriage, and they don't want it to end. So what I, when I put together my coaching and my programs, the information I put together is very effective, and it really does work for people. And it's, if you like, a framework that works for most people in most situations. But what I noticed was that some people were getting the results they wanted, they were able to heal their marriage, and other people weren't. And I thought, what's the difference? And I thought, it's not the information, because I was giving them all the same basic information. So it wasn't a question of that, they had the information. It wasn't a question of motivation. Everybody who came to me and who comes to me, they are very motivated. If you are looking at the end of your marriage and you don't want that to happen, people say to me, I'll do whatever it takes. And they're serious. They will. 
Well, they say they will, which is a, there is a difference, of course. So I thought, well, that's not the difference. And I thought, it's not a difference of prayer, because some people would say to me, I pray for my marriage every day that it will be healed. And I pray to God, and I know and I believe that God will heal it for me. And other people weren't religious at all. And yet, that didn't seem to have an effect on on the outcome. I was going to ask you, because I want to unpackage. You've said a lot, and I love what you said, by the way. But I want to unpackage a couple of things. One, your story to me is resiliency meets curiosity. Those are the words I got. Meaning you're very resilient and you're very methodical and inquisitive and you have explored various healing modalities in order to figure out what works best for you. And I love that idea because I believe that we all have different things that we can try to do and approach. And if it fit, it's like putting on the right shirt for yourself. One shirt might fit great with one person and then another person, they have to do something else. And what I like about what you're describing in your background is you've went through a process being homeless in your mid forties. I'm 46 right now. One of my greatest fears in life would be to wake up one day because I've already been through cancer. So I don't fear that anymore. And I've been through COVID and I've been through other setbacks. But one of my greatest fears is to wake up one day and be homeless, have my house taken away from me and try to figure out what to do next. And you've gone through that. And I respect you for sharing your vulnerability on the show because anyone listening right now who hears us talking very much so relate to you. Crisis that we've gone through in the last several years and a lot of people re-exploring their lives and trying to re-examine their meaning and purpose. And that's what I think in between the lines that I see in your story is having to reorientate yourself to, to find your purpose when life doesn't cooperate. And when things are taken further than you expect it, you got to react like sleeping on your mom's couch. I'm real close with my mom. She's elderly and she has a one bedroom apartment. And if I went homeless, I could imagine myself having to sleep on her couch. And that's a real life experience. I'm sure shook you to your foundation, yet you were able to turn that around and help define things like what is success and what makes you happy. And from my vantage point, that's pivotal because you can inspire anyone in our audience to understand that, you know what, you can go through these horrible experiences, but it's not your destination. It's a factor. It's a challenge to get around and get over, but it's not your overall state of mind where you're going to be permanently the rest of your life. You did not stay on your mom's couch. And that's the resiliency that I love, the resiliency of the human spirit. And what I want to ask you just in terms of of your experience, I want to ask you if you could explain to me, when was that aha moment for you that clicked, that went from the feeling of being like, I wouldn't say victimized, but feeling like things have been really out of control in your life to where you were able to shift the paradigm in your mind to to look at the brain a different way and approach it from the way you've eventually got to where you are now? I don't think there was a specific moment. And at the time, if there was, I didn't understand what was actually happening to me, what I was actually doing differently. Because, And I think when you mentioned that about the trials and tribulations and these experiences, I think the important thing to realize, and as we talk about the brain, and how the brain works in more detail, this will become clearer for people. But whatever your perception is about what your life is at the moment is not the truth. In other words, you think you've got a problem. I thought I had a problem at 45, 46, (laughs) becoming homeless. Was that a problem or was it a gift? Because I look back on it now from a different (laughs) perspective, it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I would never have discovered this stuff. I would never be sharing this with you and with other people. And I wouldn't be having such a happy life. I'd be still on that grind of trying to figure stuff out and and doing it the old way. 
So it's the best thing that ever happened. And you hear this of many people who've achieved great things. I'm not saying I've achieved great things, but people who do. <laughs> Steve Jobs, when he was fired from Apple, his own company, he said, best thing that ever happened. A lot of people like that. So this all comes down to it, and we'll explain it. We'll talk about it, I'm sure, about how your brain perceives things. But just for now, I think of people, it's, it sounds a, maybe a silly thing to say, but you don't really have the perspective about what you're going through means right at the moment. Because if you go through a real trial, and it's probably like what you're doing, that's something you can share and help others with down the track. And you mentioned cancer and COVID. If you hadn't had those experiences, you wouldn't be able to help people and have that level of understanding that you have. So these are all gifts. And when I get into how the understanding of the brain, I think people will see just how how amazing your brain is at bringing you the perfect life, even though you can't see it, even though you don't necessarily understand it. But your brain has this other part to it, which I'm sure we'll talk about. They always say that the potential of our brain is untapped. And I believe that as well. Even being an intuitive psychic medium myself, like I wasn't, it was about 2004 when I first discovered that I was even a medium. And it was because of the death of my grandfather that triggered that. And then having spirituality as a regular occurrence in my life has been something that not that I take for granted, I just accept it for other people. When I describe my daily routines and what I go through and the positive aspects of spirituality and having experiences that when you describe it to someone else, they're like, how do you do that? And I'm like, it's not about what I do or how I perceive it. It's something that just exists and I've experienced. And it sounds like you've gone through something yourself where you were able to learn techniques that helped you to up your game, so to speak. And work in balance. And I'd be very interested if you could share that with our audience, like this yeah. neural state rebalancing kind of thing that you're sure. known for. I'd like to have you describe that for us and give us an opportunity sure. to understand it better. What I'd like to do before that is just talk a bit about what you mentioned about the brain, because <clears throat> I think when people start to understand what the brain is, the lights really go on. And they certainly did for me. And how I went on this journey of back engineering what had happened to me, I started with the basics and I said, who am I and why am I here? Now, been millions of books written about trying to answer that question. <laughs> but what I realized was, okay, and we can all disagree on those things, but there's one thing we can agree on, that is we have a physical body and we live in a physical world. Now, of course, that's not all who we are, but we have a biological component and we have a biological purpose. There's a reason we survive and exist in, our, in this biological body. And when you look at the purpose of life, and we are a living creature, a part of a living species. So what's our life purpose, if you like? All biology, all biological scientists will tell you the purpose of life is to survive and thrive so that you can help with the survival of the species. So on a biological level, that's why you're here. Now, what does that mean? That means being the best that you can be. Because when you're the best that you can be, that gives you the greatest chance for survival. When you're the best you can be physically, when you're strong and healthy, you, know, you can fight off disease, you can heal better from injury, you can fight off attackers, you're stronger. But when you're at your best mentally and spiritually and emotionally, that's when you're your most creative, resourceful, all of those things, and all of those factors, if you like, or that's the word I'm looking for, the tools, skills that we have that enable us to survive and thrive, to carry out our biological purpose. 
So the conclusion is your purpose for being here is to be the best that you can be. And that means being your happiest. Because when you're happy, grateful, loving, you are your most creative. You are your most resourceful. You come up with great ideas. You're more motivated. You do things. You make an impact on other people when you're feeling good. When you're feeling bad, you're depressed, you don't do anything, you don't see opportunities. We'll talk about why this is because it's all to do with the brain. So the first thing to realize is your purpose to be here is to be the best you can be. And that means being happy. That's when you're the best. So you're designed to be happy. And that sounds thought, great. Okay, it's, it's logical. That's a great message to say you're designed to be happy because I struggle. A lot of people struggle with mental health issues. I've struggled with depression my whole life and I've battled yeah. it. You brought up a good point earlier when you were saying you can wake up one day and look forward and be happier versus being weighed down by the past. I think that was one thing you said earlier that really resonated with me. And I believe yeah. that firmly. I believe that you have a choice. You could choose to be happy versus just saying you want to be happy. I have people come to me for readings all the time and they're like, how do I become happier? You got a journey in. Well, there's a process yeah. to that. What you're offering today is what I call a healing modality. And it is. It's a way of coping and adjusting to the world and, and having a paradigm where you can basically make sense of things, have your meaning and your purpose, and look at things going forward after the experiences you've been through to make order of things and help balance out things. I keep getting the word balance around your energy for some reason. It's really big for you to balance things in your life. You have to have that balance in order to achieve the fit of the happiness and feeling more at ease in your skin, so to speak. And I, I want to see if you could tell us a little more about the process itself, how you go about okay. doing this stuff with your brain and learning about it and stuff from your experiences. The first thing you need to do, the most important thing to do is to understand how your brain works. And then you'll see, and really the answer is how to use it the right way, how to balance it will come out to you and hit you as being so obvious. You'll say, why did I ever do it any other way? Because the thing about the brain that we don't realize, we don't realize how infinitely powerful our brain actually is. It's trillions of times more powerful than a computer. It has 100 billion of these neuron cells. That's more than the number of stars in, the, in our galaxy that are all designed around this purpose because the purpose of your brain is the tool to make you the best you can be. Nature has said your purpose to be here is to be the best you can be. Here's the tool I'm giving you to make that happen, and it's your brain. So your brain is here not just to make, keep your body beating, your heart beating, it's to make you the best you can be. And it is an infinite machine. But here's the thing about the brain, it's just a machine. It works on exact principles. And nobody's ever taught about taught us about this. Think about a motor car. If you have a motor car, you know that, there's a, that, that is a machine and has a purpose, which is when it's to get you from where you are to where you want to go, easily, predictably, safely, and enjoyably. And you get in the car and you drive it, you don't think, you don't give it any thought, A, about whether it's going to get you there, or B, about when you know how to drive it, whether you'd, that you'd use it any other way. But here's the thing, before you get into a car, you have to learn how to drive it. You wouldn't dream of just getting into a car that, and you knew nothing before knowing anything about it. It's the same with any machine, a computer. If you want to know how to use a computer, you say, well, I've got to learn how to use it. And then when I learn how to use it, it's going to do its job. And it won't, it'll do it without any problems. Now, the thing about the car, where we've gone wrong with our brain is, imagine someone doesn't know how to drive a car, but they say, it'll take me from 
it's supposed to take me there, so it will. So they get in and they look at all the levers and the buttons and they go, I don't know what any of this is. Oh, it's got wheels. Perhaps I should get out and push. So they get out and they go behind and they try and push the car with all of their might, all of this effort to get them to a destination. And what happens? They struggle and they don't get very far, if anywhere. And they feel exhausted, stressed, tired. And what do they say then? I'm not pushing hard enough or I don't, I'm not strong enough. Okay, I need to develop my own strength and get bigger muscles and more, be more determined and more motivated. And then I'll get, get it moving. Sounds ridiculous, but this is what we do with our brain. Instead of allowing our brain to do the job by driving it the right way, so it gets us to the destination to where we're supposed to go, which is the place where we're being the best we can be, instead of allowing it to do that, we struggle and we stress and we get worried. We don't understand how it operates. Makes sense, doesn't it? And what happens when you don't understand how a machine works and you try to use it? You get problems. Problems show up. And that's what problems in life are. is a sign that you're doing it wrong. It's logical. It's the same with anything. You're doing it wrong if you've got problems. And I know this is a generalization and people are going, oh, hang on a moment. It's all very well for you and it sounds very slick. But the more you understand about your brain and the more you use your brain the right way, the more, because one of the things happens that happens when you use your brain the right way is your awareness shifts and, you, and the truth about things starts to reveal itself. And all of these things that you thought weren't possible, it's a bit like with your psychic ability. All of these things that other people think aren't possible yeah. or that you thought weren't possible, not only are they that they're perfectly possible, you see they're totally logical. I, From a different perspective, a different awareness, it just makes common sense. I want to share something with you when you said that. I started to giggle because I think back even within myself, when people ask me if I could pick up on things for them, there's things like your own self-doubt could be a very limiting factor in your life. I'm sure you found this in your own in your own way, that if you think you can't do something, you're likely going to think you can't do it. And I'll give you an example. I had someone call me after I met someone at a wedding in 2018 when I started having my show. I had someone call me that I met at a wedding, my best friend's wedding in New Jersey. And it was a physician, her and her husband. And I got to sit at the table with them and hang out with them. And they're amazing people. And about eight months later, the same physician called me and said, panicked. She was driving around the Catskills in New York State and asking me if I could help her find her missing dog. And at first, my first gut feeling at 10 o'clock at night after I worked all day was, I can't do that. I don't know how to connect the energy of a dog. And the ironic thing is, I just went outside my comfort zone, erased the doubt, and I helped her find her dog. <laughs> and the, the reason I share that with you is even being an intuitive psychic or being in your hair, in your position, in your shoes, we can sometimes deal with our own self-doubt and our own self-limiting beliefs and thoughts that I think can cause us not to understand the true power of our brains and the true power of our ability to grow and evolve. And I want to ask you, in terms of your own experiences, and I understand what you're describing, I wanted to see if you could tell me at what point did you get to a certain level of comfort and understanding how your brain works in terms of what was the shift for you that made you think of the brain differently and how to approach it differently? Well, I think the big shift was when I started to study the brain, I could see how in my own, the effect of using my interpretation or my research about how the brain works, I could see the evidence of when I was using it the right way and when I was using it the wrong way. And it's like the proof. And I could also see it from the people I was coaching and helping as well. 
So that's when the, and I wouldn't say there was an actual aha moment, but it's just, I'm still working on this. I'm still developing and I'm still developing my ability to use the machine. I'm still learning to drive it, if you okay. like. Of course. But the more I do, the, maybe I can just share with your listeners and you what the four parts of the brain are, how they work, what stops us from using it the right way, and the one word, the only thing you need to know to use it the right way. How's that? But if I gave you the word to start with, people wouldn't understand. But once I explain, and it won't take too long, and okay. it won't be too technical, but once I explain it, people will say that's obvious. It's a bit like someone gives you a glass of hydrochloric acid and says, drink that and I'll give you a million dollars. Are you going to do it? No. You say, no, I'm not going to do it for a 10 million. Why not? Because you know what it's going to do to you. So it's the same with the brain. Once you know how it works, you're going to say, I'm not going to use it any other way because it's, that's why I've got problems. It's, it's nonsense. It's illogical to use it any other way. So anyway, let's just quickly, quick, if I can, just run through the four parts of the brain, how they work, and the one thing that's stopping you from getting them to work properly. Right at, absolutely. Okay. I teach this, I've got a whole coaching program I got in my podcast, so I go into a lot more detail. But in essence, and without getting technical, there are four parts of your brain, and they each have a different function. So I'm, I describe them in terms of their function. The first part is your thinking brain, and this is the top of your head. It's located physically at the top of your head, and this is where all your information is stored from your experiences. So everything that you take in your life through your five senses and your thoughts get stored in your thinking brain. It's like a library or a database of all of the information you've gathered, all the experiences. And it's also the part of the brain that is responsible for communication. It's the part that enables you to communicate with others and understand others. That's the first part, the, set, the, the thinking brain. The second part is the emotional brain. And that's actually located just below the thinking brain in the head, physically. And this is the part that's responsible for how you feel. So it creates emotions. So what it literally does is it puts out signals to your body to produce hormones or neurotransmitters, which make you feel a certain way. So you can feel good, love, gratitude, happiness, all those things, or you can feel bad. And that's all produced by these chemicals produced by your emotional brain. That's the second part. The third part is what I call a survival brain. And that's the part at the back of your head. And this is responsible for looking after everything that keeps you alive without that you're not thinking about. In other words, your breathing, your heart rate, your digestion, your elimination of waste, all of your organs working, all of those sorts of things. That all comes from your survival brain. It's enabling you to survive. And there's one other aspect of survival that's really important that this part of your brain is responsible for. And that's when you are faced with an immediate threat or danger, a threat to your survival, something that might harm you or kill you. There's the old story of, that we've all heard about in prehistoric times. The lion comes running at you out of the forest, roaring. Like fight you, or flight? It's the fight, flight, or freeze. That's right. It's your survival instinct, sometimes it's called. That, that instinct comes from is managed by your survival brain. Okay? There's actually a fourth part of your brain and science has only relatively recently started to uncover this is a physical part of your brain. And it's what I call the creative brain. I love that. So this isn't about your thoughts. It's not about your emotions, and it's not about your instinct. It's where you get gut feelings, your intuition, your imagination, your creativity, these new ideas that come to you, these aha moments. 
these all come from a place that's outside of you, isn't it? Artists and musicians, they talk about this and they say, I heard the music and then I could write it down or I saw the painting and I could paint it. They don't know where it comes from. They've said that. I experienced that myself. I have creative downloads where I create a podcast concept from just sitting and all of a sudden it just downloads into my brain and then I have to write it down, memorialize it, share it with someone else or whatever. And I know exactly what you're talking about. You can relate to that. I'm sure we all can. But here's the other thing about the creative brain that we don't realize as, as well as all of that. Remember, the brain is infinitely powerful. And it's this part of your brain is your connection to infinite intelligence. And it must be infinite and it must be intelligent and we must be connected to it. And we are through the creative brain. But this is the part of the brain that brings you the right people at the right time, the right circumstances, the right situations, things we call synchronicities or chance events or all of those things. There's nothing random because here's the thing. There's nothing random in this universe. Everything is ordered. It's only from a limited perspective we might think it's luck or chance. But our creative brain, remember, it's this infinite machine designed to make you the best you can be, happiest. And what's it going to do? It's going to give you ideas, but it's also going to bring you the right circumstances. It has the power to do that. Of course it does. We think it, as I say, we think it's just luck, but it's not. It's all organized. So here's the thing about this. But here's the really important issue. The other thing about the creative brain, it's where your motivation comes from. It's when you get inspired to do something and you actually do it. And it's where you see the solution to a problem and you solve it, even though you might feel a little bit of this, but but you just know it's the right thing to do. And you also know, oh, I shouldn't do that. And often we have this little voice now inside us going, oh, I don't think you should do that. But we override that. What we're overriding is the part of our brain that is the part designed to make us the best that we can be, to direct our life. It's not the other parts. It's this part of the brain. It uses the other parts of the brain to to make this happen, but this is where it all happens. But here's the problem, and this is where pe- what people don't realize, and, it, and you'll see what the big issue is. When you're operating from your creative brain, which you're supposed to operate from most of the time, because this is the state where your brain is making you the best that you can be, and giving you everything you need for you to survive and to thrive to the best you can be. So that's the state we're supposed to live in. That's our natural state. It's our natural creative state. But there's only one time you're not supposed to live like that. And that's when the lion comes running at you, when there's an immediate threat. So you're supposed to live in this wonderful, creative, loving, abundant state. But every now and then, very rarely, something might come at you unexpectedly and threaten your survival. Now, what happens to the brain then is the emotional brain changes its message. So your emotional brain is actually taking in every second, looking at your environment and answering and making a decision about one thing. Is this safe or is this dangerous? What I'm looking at, what your environment. And most of the time, it's supposed to say everything's safe and it sends out these hormones that make you feel good and that activates your creative brain and you get on living, being the best you can be with all of the right things happening. But every now and then, if it sees a lion running at you, it's going to say, it's going to switch your brain and make you feel fear. And that's the signal. Fear, switch out of your creative state and go into your reactive survival, fight, flight, or freeze state to to react and deal with this immediate threat or danger. Now, that's absolutely perfect because then what happens? All of your resources get drawn into fighting off this danger and reacting against it. So you're going to shout for help or you're going to run away or you're going to try and fight. But here's the thing. 
that's only supposed to be used when you're facing an immediate danger. So it's supposed to react, get rid of this immediate danger, and then you can go back to, right, everything's good, we've got rid of the danger, going back to being creative and happy. Because one of the things that happens in this state, and you'll see this is so interesting, I think, because what happens in this state is your brain switches you to this survival state, and what does it do? It shuts down your creative brain. It shuts down the creative part of your brain because none of that is of any help whatsoever to fight off an immediate threat or danger. You don't want to be creative. You don't want to be coming up with different ideas. You don't want to be, to be looking around and appreciating everything around. You want, you want to be, none of that's helpful. In fact, if you did any of that, you're going to be dead. So the whole point of the survival brain when you activate this is to shut down your creative brain and get you to react immediately to get rid of that danger. And the other thing it does is it blocks your awareness for anything other than the problem, anything other than the threat or danger. So your brain is looking around for where's all the threat, where's all the danger. That's what it's focused on. Now, that's absolutely perfect when you're facing an immediate threat. And remember, the activator is feeling fear. And the other sides of fear are worry, stress, anxiety. Because what happens? Most people, most of us, are living in this state most of the time. We're feeling afraid. We're feeling anxious. We're feeling planet stressed. right now. It's been the planet for the last two years. And what happens then? Your, what your brain is actually telling you is that you're facing an immediate, what your brain is thinking is going on is that you're facing an immediate threat to your survival. And what does it do? It gets you to focus on the negative. It can't see the big picture. And it can never find the, it's not the part that you, in that state, you can't find the solution to any problem that you're dealing with. You can't see it. So all of the resources for problem solving, leading your ideal life, which includes problem solving, of course, making the right decisions, not making the wrong decisions, doing the right things, seeing the big picture, seeing your awareness expanded, they're all shut down. And what are people trying to do? They're trying to fix their problems. They're trying to create an ideal life, and they're not, they haven't got any access to the resources of their brain that are there to help them do that or that can ensure that they can do that. And this is the problem. And what's the word? Fear. Fear, when you feel fear, doesn't matter how, how justified you feel in feeling fear, it's like drinking the hydrochloric acid. <laughs> it's going to activate something called the sympathetic nervous system, which blocks out your creative brain, shuts it down because it thinks it's dealing with an immediate threat. It gets you focused on the negative, and it gets you reacting. And in that state, there's no way you can solve your problems. And that's what happened to me, I realized, is when I gave up trying to figure stuff out, when I stopped being trying to, I'd lost everything and going, what am I going to do? And I'm going to, I'm going to do this and do this and I'm stressed. And, all. and in the end, I just thought, I just give up. I don't have a clue what to do. There's something else is just going to have to do it. I don't care, <laughs> literally. And what I didn't realize was instead of using my thinking brain and being all stressed, Sure, I was still stressed some of the time, but when I stopped being stressed and thought something else is going to have to do the work here, that's when I started to get good ideas. That's when people started to show up in my life. Opportunities started to show up in my life to improve things. And that's the thing. This is remember, it's a machine. And your brain is saying to you, I want you to, I'm here to give you your perfect life. But if you're going to shut me off, shut that part off because you think there's a threat here when there isn't anyway nothing physical in your environment is going to kill you right now. Why do you think, why are you teaching your brain to think that it is? Because that's what we do. 
by feeding it with stuff, negativity. So here's the thing. If you feel fear, anxiety, worry, I'm sorry, it doesn't matter what it is, you're activating your sympathetic nervous system, you're shutting off your creative brain, you're operating from your survival brain, you haven't got a show of solving your problems or creating your ideal life. It's just not the way it works. So you have to find a way, and this is what neurostate rebalancing, you asked what that process was. What neurostate rebalancing is, it's a process I've developed to get your brain to see the difference between an immediate threat to your survival which is the lion coming at you or someone wanting to hit you or whatever, the difference between a real threat and an imaginary one, that you might die from some disease or the world might end, might be a war and you might be killed or whatever. And when you start moving into your creative brain, you look at this from a different awareness and say, why, what is everybody on? (laughs) Why are they all acting like this? It's irrational. I want to say this to you because it resonates with what you're saying because my own independent observation in my life and everything I've been through, I tell people, our what if thoughts can limit us and can hold us back. And I say that if you can compartmentalize those what if thoughts and realize that most of those, what if this happens? Anytime you start a sentence like that in your head, what if I die from cancer? I just got diagnosed with stage one kidney cancer, 2018. And I realize I'm not dying from cancer. I'm surviving this. And it was like this process I went through. And the reason I share this with you, what you're saying resonates with me. I believe very strongly that fear can keep us from attaining what we should be and who we should become, our best version. And it resonates really strongly to think you can isolate fear and balance your brain in a way that you get back to your creative part. You get back to that most evolved part of the brain that allows you to come up with solutions, not get hung on the worry, the fear the disbelief, the self-doubt, all those things, right? And so from my vantage point, what you're describing, it makes sense to me. The days that I don't have fear in my brain are the days that I'm most productive, I'm most creative, I'm happiest. I thrive on my creative side. I thrive on my ability to make sense of things from a way that fear isn't orbiting my immediate consciousness. It's not acting as a gatekeeper to prevent me from being my full potential. So I understand what you're describing with that. My one question I want to ask you as a follow-up with this is, how did you go through this? Because this is a pretty in-depth understanding of of the brain as a theory. And I only call it a theory because we all have theories on things until science catches up with us and whatnot. And I want to ask you, did you meditate? Did you do trial and error? I'm trying to conceptualize how you came up with this without an aha moment or a shift. What was it that caused you to think of the brain in these four ways? Because I took psychology in college and what you're describing to me sounds like something that a great theorist comes up with that later on we, we study and examine the concepts of someone like a Freud or Eric Erickson or any of these others. So I want to ask you, did you have a background in psychology? Did you work with any neurologists or did you come through it in your own intuitive manner? and life experience and meditative processes? Like, how did you arrive at this knowledge? Was it downloaded to you? Yeah, it's really a combination of my own curiosity and research because I've tried religion, self-help, business, spirituality, psychology, not professionally, but doing a lot of modalities, methods, and a lot of research and reading over many years. And so I'm and from my university training, I am a bit of a researcher. I like to research and try and figure stuff out and also apply it to my own life and under, understand, is this true? Is this real? But the interesting thing was, so that's how I did it, was really through just 
going down the rabbit hole, as it were, and reading a lot and studying and finding. When I first thought I, I need, maybe the brain's got something to do with it, that's when I did some research on what psychologists and what brain, research, brain science is discovering. And all of this is described down to the letter by scientific research. What but research I haven't actually found I'm sorry, all sorts of people. What's happening, what I've found is a lot, of re- a lot of research, they pick on one area and they go, so what we've discovered, for instance, I was reading some research from a university in London recently that found mm-hmm. that, that when you focus on a problem, the harder you focus on it, you produce an excess of a thing called gamma waves in your brain. And what that does is block your ability to solve the problem. So there's just another example of some scientific research which backs up what I've been saying, that if the more you reply, when you produce these gamma waves, which comes from your fear state, you stop your ability to solve a problem. So there's lots of research going on in different areas. And what I've really done is pull together through thinking and coming up with through logic what people are saying. Dr. Pillai, I don't know if you've heard of him, he talks about the creative brain well not in those words but he's identified where in the brain these functions are located but it has taken me research and putting it all together i've been so lucky to have studied so many different things over the years and be a bit of a researcher that i can that i've been able to put it all all together and i put it in these simple terms but all of these things have a scientific backing what happens to your to you when you go into this fight or flight thing that where you shut down your creativity this is all Research. This is all done by science. Science has backed this all up. You know, the other really interesting place that has all this has done all this research and proven it is the Bible. And people say I'm religious, and I was brought up Catholic. I studied the Bible. It says more than three hundred, and it turns out the Bible is the greatest manual for understanding how to use your brain that exists, because it says in the Bible more than three hundred and sixty times, "Be not afraid, have faith, believe." And it's not saying do that because it's a nice idea. It's because it's saying because if you don't have, if you are afraid, you're blocking your ability to be the best that you can be. You're blocking your brain's ability to function properly. You can become paralyzed by fear. I've experienced that. Yeah. Where you become paralyzed, you shut down. If you're really afraid of something or a scenario in your mind plays it and it gets a hold of you, you have to get past that. You yeah. described, you've got to reorientate yourself and say, it's kind of like, not today, Satan, when people say that in the Southeast here, United States, not today, Satan, they say that when they have a bad day. I believe well, from my vantage point, it's don't let the fear take a hold of you. Yeah, and the way to do you. that is you've got to understand the danger of fear and that it really is the thing you've got to get it rid of. And then you've got to understand why you're feeling fear, because you've just trained your brain to be afraid of certain things that it that it, and this is what I do with neurostate rebalancing, is about untraining your brain to be to realize that it shouldn't be afraid of things that it shouldn't be afraid of. You mentioned earlier that you would be afraid of being homeless or moving in with your mother. I realized, one of the things I realized, my whole life had been driven by two fears. The fear of having nothing and the fear of not being loved. And that was why I got, and the fear of having nothing was what drove me to continually want more and my, more money and more and more business and make bad decisions in this stressed state. I have to have more because I was driven by this fear of losing it, of having nothing. So it made me do the wrong things and, and create bad situations in my life. I was afraid of being unloved. That led me to cre- have, create the wrong relationship, bad relationships in my life. 
And the funny thing was, what happened when I lost everything? I had to face my two fears. I had nothing and I wasn't loved. And you know what that did? And this is interesting. It retrained my brain because my brain all those years had been afraid of those things. And when I finally experienced it, my brain went, hang on, you've got nothing, but you're still alive. It's not a threat to your survival. Hang on, you're not being loved, but you're still alive. It's not a threat to your survival. So this is part of the process of part of what I do in neurostate rebalancing is you've got to get your brain to see that what it thinks is a threat to your survival isn't. Because being unloved and having nothing isn't a threat to your survival, but you think it is. And that's what drives most of it, these fears. And what's the biggest fear of all that's the most ridiculous fear is the fear of death. It's totally illogical. <laughs> I agree with and you. From, <laughs> and from a, no, there have been more than 10,000 documented cases of near-death experiences. I had, I've had people, some myself, so I can right. with everything you're saying right now. And, would, and can I ask you, whatever it was on the other side, how would you describe, was it better or worse than here? It's better. And it's, and here's the other thing I'll say, I share this with my audience all the time. When you die, the people come through and talk to me about it who are on the other side. They're like, it's fall asleep on the couch while watching TV. It's a very subtle thing. And you were describing like the autonomic serve the part of your brain that helps and regulate your breathing, your eating, your sleeping. I've been told <laughs> theory I have, I call it a theory because I don't claim to be the end of the but the theory I have is that when you cross over Death is like birth. It's a natural process. It's like breathing and eating and sleeping. You don't remember when you come out of the womb, but you do. And so who are we to say that our physical bodies, when we stop the alignment between our spiritual body and our physical body, which I consider, like you said, an avatar, that's how I see the physical body. We're occupying this vehicle while we're here. And then we cross is, over. Yeah. And when we cross over, we ascend, we graduate, our energy goes to the next level. We're spirit, I believe we're spiritual bodies inhabiting physical, totally. physical bodies. So so if we believe that, why are we afraid of death? Fear of the unknown. It's a natural thing for us to put fear into something we don't understand or we don't know what to expect. Well, some of us but will we, fear it. But that's why it says in the Bible, be not afraid. Be not yeah. anxious about tomorrow. You will be looked at. That's why it says faith is so important. I agree what is that. faith? Faith is just understanding that you're and knowing that your creative brain, its job is to bring you everything that you need for a great life. So you don't need to be to worry about and try and figure out what it's going to do. You don't need to be worried about whether it's doing the wrong thing. You don't even need to worry if what you're doing right now is a mistake. Because in hindsight, you might realize, like I did, it was it's all learning thing. experiences. It's all it's learning. Great. It's all learn. We're here to learn. We're here on this planet to learn. And we're here to learn. And then we transcend and ascend to the next level. That's my personal yeah. belief. And so everything you're talking about during this interview today, it resonates with me because I believe that we're meant to learn how to orientate our brain and our body and our mind, like mind, body, spirit is something I believe heavily in. And it's bring alignment within yourself and to isolate fear unless you absolutely have to deal with fear. I'll give you an example. If you're in your best place in the world, your house, and you're in your living space and you're most comfortable, someone broke into your place, right? Someone breaks in. And and tries to threaten you. Yeah, you're going to be afraid. What also hmm. likely happen? Your survival skills will kick in. You'll think yeah. at the top of your head how to handle the situation. Should I act non-threatening? Should I call the police? Should I throw something at this person? Should I run behind and lock the door and scream at the top of my lungs? Call 911. Whatever your options are, the menu list of items, you'll have that. And that's the only time when fear would act the fight or flight aspect of things. But that's what it's know, good for. In the alternative, if you're sitting in your house by yourself and it's a Saturday night and your doors are locked and you're secure in your place, you don't need to be fearing tomorrow. You don't need to be fearing the unknown. You don't need to fear failure. 
feel fear being homeless. I may have mentioned that earlier. You don't have to fear those things because nine out of 10 times, that's not going to happen to you. And it's better not to fear something that will likely never happen to paralyze you in a way, but to look at it from the vantage side of how do I bring myself in alignment? How do I activate my creative mind to help me get to where I need to go? That's how I am interpreting what you're saying. It resonates with me very strongly. Yeah. In the Bible, it says, give no thought for tomorrow. It says, and do not fear for the future. You'll be look, do not worry about what you're going to eat, drink, or be clothed. <laughs> it says all of this sort of stuff. And it's true. You shouldn't because when you worry, you're shutting down your creative brain. Because here's the really interesting part that happened to me is when I started to really, and the great part about it is when you start to use your brain the right way, firstly, by understanding how it works and saying, I've got to stop. I've got to try and realize that fear is the enemy because that's putting me in this wrong state. That means my brain is not going to work for me. So you, you actually move from a state of trying to figure stuff out to knowing there's a part of you that's going to do the work that knows more than you do. And that's where faith and trust come in. And it's like it says in the matrix, I can show you the door, but you're the one yeah. who has to walk through it. I love the matrix. You have to walk through, and it only comes from, un, comes from two things. One, understanding how the machine works. And secondly, retraining your brain to see the difference between what is real and what is imaginary fear. And then when you do walk through the door and you do start to let go and trust and know that the right things are going to show up at the right time, they really do. And I have had the most countless, strange, weird things happen to me completely out of the blue. And you think, how did, and then you start to realize, well, hey, this is the way it's meant to be. These fortuitous moments or really strange events, that's the way it's supposed to happen. I want to add And this. that's the way you're supposed to live your life. You're not supposed to live your life trying to figure everything out before you do it. Because that's not using the infinite part of your brain. That's you using your thoughts, trying to analyze and figure it out. And it's just not going to work. It doesn't what, work. What I love about what you're talking about and what you're describing in terms of your concepts and what you do is the power of our own potential, our own ability to appreciate where we are, what we're dealing with, the things that were prescribed, our physical bodies, our brains and all that, and being resourceful, isolating fear and allowing ourselves to really maximize our potential. And that's what I like about a lot of self-help type things or just trying to gain greater understanding in our lives. And that's why I like what you're doing. I think you're helping us to take a stab at understanding what is this all about in our lives, our meaning, our purpose. And looking at your own life experience, I think you could really inspire others because we learn by example. We learn by anecdotes. When I talk to people in my readings, sometimes the quickest things I can say, oh, I met this guy named Liam. He was on my show a few I literally do this and you could, you, I meet people from my show and I gain an understanding of your situation. And then I'll explain that to somebody as an example of how to approach. So if I have someone who's calling me with what if thoughts and a lot of fear in the future, I'll be like, you need to check out my show. There's a guest that came on, Liam Naden. He's an author. He has this theory and he isolates fear from the brain. He looks at the creative part of the brain. And when you look at the brain in the four parts, and I mean, I literally will direct people to my episodes. And I think You've given me increased understanding of the concepts that are already floating around in my little brain right here to appreciate that I've seen people paralyzed by fear in my own personal relationships. There was somebody I liked a long time ago and they were fearful and it prevented us from getting close. 
And I can relate to when you say that fear can paralyze you and cripple you and it can really limit you. And it's like, if people can get past that fear, their life and their potential to live the best version of themselves is most likely. It seems like it sounds like some complicated thing, but it's not complicated once you can really appreciate it, grasp it and understand it. Yeah. The brain is a fairly simple machine to use and understand. I mean, it's although it's infinitely complex in in some ways, it's like with a car. You don't need to know what every wire does and how it all works. You just need to know that I need to push this button here, pull this lever here, and it's going to work perfectly. That's all you need to know. And it is the same with the brain. And that's why I'm trying to, in my work, simplify it down for people. As I say, the Bible has got it very simply. Just don't be afraid. Don't worry about tomorrow and everything will be looked after. That's it. But, of course, our understanding of why it is that is what, or our lack of understanding of why that is the case is what stops us from doing it. Because faith isn't something you can manufacture. People say, I really believe. They don't believe. They're hoping that they believe, and they're hoping that by saying they believe, they'll get what they ask for. But that's why prayer doesn't work, and that's why struggle and stress and motivation doesn't really work either, because you're not doing it the right way. It's still based on fear. It's still based on limited awareness. And it's still you're still just tapping into the small part of your brain, whereas your connection to this infinite part of your brain, this whole area of, of setting goals, you don't know what you really want. None of us do. I used to spend years sitting down trying to figure out what I wanted and say, yes, I want a million dollars. Yes, I want to have a this great business. But none of those things made me happy because they're all what I thought I needed to be happy. Whereas if I just had allowed my, like what I do now, I allow my creative brain to bring me what I need at the time. I don't need to set goals. I interviewed a man on my podcast who was a very successful businessman in the, the 90s. He had a million customers in 85 countries. He had two private jets. He flew all around the world. He had a massive business. And he said, Liam, I could never have put that on a goals list. That would have been far too limiting. So you realize it's beyond goals. It's beyond. It, it's from a place of trust that something in you Something about you knows more than you think you do about you. And it's there to give it to you. You just need to access it, use it. And the thing that stops you is fear. That's it. I love, it. <laughs> I love your concept. I wish we could talk more about this. I know we're limited on time, but I want to share Since people are listening to this, I'm going to have your information in the show notes. But since we're talking, I wanted to see if you could share your website with our audience so that if they want to reach out to you, how would be the best way to reach you? All of the information, my podcasts and my programs and all of these things is just on my website, which is my name, liamnaden.com. That's, That's easy. Weird. I love that. It's it's easy. Easy. You're straightforward. Look me up. I think that what you're talking about in my vantage point, in my opinion, is very valuable to our audience, especially at the times we're living in right now. And I always, I love the, I, the ability of presenting to my audience different theories, different concepts, different modalities and different approaches. And I love your approach. I value you coming on and sharing your vulnerabilities, your experiences, your concepts. And I appreciate you being able to make this your life mission and purpose. I think you're going to really impact a lot of people in a positive way, the way you have already. It's going to continue for years to come. And I'm just really appreciative of having you on the show. I would love to have you come back if you- I'd love to. In the future to talk more about this stuff and to help our audience apply it and understand it. Because- it's conceptually very important for us to limit our fear. Really resonates. Yeah. 
I would say nine out of 10 readings I give people when they come to me and ask for a reading about their situation, I'll give them psychic guidance and advice. And then my spirit guides will kick in and say, you got to eliminate the fear. If you eliminate the fear, you will achieve things you can't even conceive of. And (laughs) I believe it's for a reason. The information I get resonates because I think what you're saying, it, it makes a lot of sense. It's straightforward. What I'm trying to do is apply a logical explanation to what we've been told in the Bible and by other people, you know, just what you've been told. Because when you understand this is logical, this is biological, this is scientific, and this isn't just a nice idea about positive thinking or trying to attract something or whatever. This is how we're scientifically and biologically designed by an infinite intelligence that's put us together. I'll say this to you. I also think in the future, you'll likely work. I'm making a little psychic prediction for you. Don't mind me, but I get stuff Ooh. that I share. <laughs> I get in the okay. future, you're going to work with some theorist or neurologic, some scientifically based think tank or something is going to work with you in your concepts and validate you even further scientifically with studies of some sort. So that's what I'm picking right. up. It might be out of the UK. You'll likely have something out of Northern UK, like Northern England up towards the Scottish border or something up there with a think tank you're going to get involved with, I think, in the future. So okay. just we'll have to keep in touch. And I'll yeah, you'll have to keep me posted. And I also feel like you're going to publish on these things. So you're going to be, you're going to be more visible to people. And I'm glad that you could come on our show and share your time with us. Oh, it's been fantastic. Thank you so much <laughs> for having me. I just want to thank Liam Naden for coming on the show today. His ideas and concepts, the secret of success, using your brain the right way. These are things that, really resonate with me going through my own transitions in life, overcoming cancer, and just going through life itself. We all deal with our own fears and setbacks and obstacles. And I think I I mentioned to Liam earlier in our call that one of my fears in the current moment is if I ever lost my house or lost everything, and it's an irrational fear, it's not going to happen, but it's there. And it's like, if you can isolate that fear you can live a better quality life and you're also going to be more creative in your approaches. 10 years ago, if somebody would ask me, what's your greatest fear in life? And that's really not a question you should ask somebody because it causes them to think fear, but I'll share this. 10 years ago, somebody asked me, what was my greatest fear in life? It was coming down with a deadly disease that I wouldn't understand and could eclipse my life at an early, earlier stage of my living than I would have expected. And then at 43, I came down with stage one kidney cancer. I share this because that changed my life perspective. I no longer fear cancer. I no longer fear death. How I look at things now, don't fear. Just don't fear. And someone like Liam can help you understand that better and rebalance your brain for success, for example. Using a lot of us look at words like success and we're like, what does it mean? Success is this lofty term we all strive for but it's not, it's achievable. It's obtainable. It's what, it's what you feel your success is and where your creative brain is going to put you to get you there. And when you think of something like fear, think of fear as like an outdated software virus that attacks your computer system or something that limits you. And what you got to do is manage that, manage your fear by not letting it take the best of you, by not letting it hold you back. And so I highly recommend you check out Liam's website, liamnatum.com. Check out his information. If you want to one or talk to him further, he's there to reach out to him. And I would just say, keep an open mind with all this stuff. The one thing I love about our show, I learn from every single guest that comes on. I, my own viewpoints evolve and change and grow. And as I said, I love to share my stories with other people when I meet with them. And 
and that kind of thing. So check out this information. I'm so glad that you could tune in today. And thank you so much for supporting the show. Stay positive because when you're positive, anything's possible. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices. For the win! Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.